You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gobbler Country Podcast, Talking Turkey. I'm your host, Brian Manning. Joining me is my co-host, John Schneider. And tonight we will cover the Miami game and any leftover issues that everyone's feeling, the fan base. So it's been a rough week, as you know. So, John, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just doing a lot of thinking and a lot of writing and uh, trying to get the five things that we need to accomplish article done. People will see the specifics, but we're going to talk a little bit about that today while you do a little bit of your drill down on what we're faced against with Miami. Yeah, as you know, um, but Miami is a talented team. Um, they're usually always a talented team. However, they're not what I would call a good team, but they are better than the Hokies. If we, if we, but there's, the records are the same. But if we look at Miami the first uh, month of the season, they started out the year 0-2 with um, a loss to Florida, 24-20, in a very ugly game with some bad quarterback play on both sides. And then they lost to UNC in the second week. We all know UNC is a better team this year. I think Miami should have beat them watching that game, but UNC is a much better team. And then – Week three, they pulled a huge 63 nothing win over, wait, Bethune-Cookman. So don't get too excited, Hurricanes. And then then they won in the week four. They barely beat Central Michigan. So it's a little bit like the Hokies as far as uh, the schedule they've played. Pretty close. I had a friend at work say, wow, two really mediocre teams. Who's going to be more mediocre than the other one? And meaning he, he was going to be, who who's going to, Who's going to be more dreadful? Uh, I think this is a game to lose, not a game to win. For both sides, uh, Miami has no real quarterback. You look at his stats, you look at his play. I saw him in the Florida game to open the season. You know, he's a redshirt freshman. He's yeah, he's last, playing that way. <laughs> excuse me. The last two weeks, I've, I've actually been in, been impressed by him. But as we know, that it is a competition. So take that with a grain of salt. Big grain of salt. Let's let's just talk about well it's not necessarily positive it's as positive as I can get kind of I'm covering this in more detail in the article and folks please read it we need the page views but there are some things that, that tech could potentially do that would alter some of the things that are going on and maybe help them greatly and also kind of sort of cross up Miami a little bit the first thing is we all know and I don't care how Fuente denies it or does the gets his back up and whatever, that there's no problem in the play calling. 
you've just struck an iceberg. What are you going to do? You know, the Titanic is in trouble, sir. No, it's unsinkable. Okay, you're wrong. And Fuente, at some point, has got to have this register. And the first thing he's got to fix is third and long. This third and Panicsburg thing has got to stop. If he wants this offense to go anywhere, he has to change the way he's using his play calling and his personnel. Because face it, I I looked at 24-7's summary from the Miami perspective, you know, the Miami guys, and, and everything they said was exactly correct. Everything they said was real. And one of the things they said was, we're not that good. Our guys are playing with a lot of heart. We're not really that good. Yeah, for anyone who didn't actually hear Fuente's meetings with the press this week, he was asked about the offense. He was asked about play calling, and he didn't think that he needed to take over, take a more active role in the play calling, which we all disagree with because there, I think there's a lot of issues with this team, with this, uh, with everything from top to bottom, with players, coaches, everything. But we can all agree that the offensive coordinator is an issue. Play calling is an issue. Fuente himself said after the game last week, they have no offensive identity. Yet on Monday, meeting with the press, he said, no, didn't didn't feel like I get what he's saying when he says no wholesale changes. What wholesale changes can you make in the middle of a season? I understand that part. But when he said he didn't feel he needed to take a more active role, a little bit of a head scratcher for me. Well, it was that. And, and like I said, Uh, And I've said this over the summertime. That's why I went over all of these things with the scenarios and talking about strategic and tactical planning and execution of strategic game plans and tactical game plans. I wanted everybody to to read because these are things that I started seeing developing last year. And it really made me, I don't know, it set my teeth on edge at this press conference because he's so wrong. And I, I, you know, oh, you can't call him wrong. Yes, I can call him wrong. It's not the plays. I mean, you can have 100 plays that you can execute in the playbook. It's what plays you execute when and how you execute them that counts. And you can't keep pointing the finger at the at the kids saying, well, they didn't execute that play right. Well, they didn't execute that play right. Well, they blew that key or they didn't do this. And at some particular point in time, you have to turn around and say, maybe I'm calling the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe I'm doing things that I need to change because the way we're doing it is not working and throwing it at these kids over and over and over again is not going to work it better. And you, and you can only use the excuse. They're, they're so young so often. People are tired of hearing it. They're not. And now they are. And it is real. But they're, they're not, not getting better. That they're not well, getting better. They're not so. going to get better if the coaching staff won't help them get better. That, that's my by, point. It's by, coaching staff's job to develop them. I don't blame the kids on that aspect. The coaching staff's job is to develop them. They're not developing. I can't think of a – outside of Shamari Connor comes to mind as a player who who is developing. But a lot of guys – I mean, Vance Vice has shown he Far- can recruit the offensive line. But Farley, Farley has – getting a lot better still making a couple of errors that are still young guy errors but he's doing a lot better job in coverage too and of course his speed is coming back as his legs healed and he's gotten in better shape yeah i'm a caleb farley fan i think he's gotten yeah. better but, uh, but but if i see i think we've but that's the couple. defensive secondary where where i'm worried about something and this is this is one of my things the first thing is is that we know 
they've got to stop this moping in. They've got to stop limping in and draw, you know, trying to run dive plays when you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a running back that's capable of running dive plays. Don't. You're going to have to find some other way to open. Open with a knight instead of a pawn. You just have got to start getting five to eight yards on first down. That's the first thing they have to accomplish. Most of these drives, most of the time, they need to cut off a bigger chunk of yardage on first down. Maybe throwing the ball more. And I mean, not long passes like they keep throwing. I'm talking about, you know, rub routes of crosses and and dig routes and tight get the tight ends involved in the game and get the ball past the line of scrimmage and get eight yards so the guy well, gets you, tackled. You know, on a key point that I'm going to discuss after the break, where you mentioned the tight ends, I want to I want to delve into that when we get back from the break. We're going to take a quick break for hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with you right after this. And welcome back to the Talking Turkey podcast, where before the break we left off with talking about some of the things that the Hokies need to do to get better on offense. And John mentioned tight ends, and and I, and I want to touch on that a little bit further because. This team has excellent tight ends, and we're going to focus mainly on Dalton King and James Mitchell. These guys are studs, and personally, I'm tired of Dalton King going game without touching the ball, and I'm tired of James Mitchell only getting the ball on a jet sweep near oh, the goal line. Oh, that's my pet peeve. We'll go over that later. I want to, you know, they can make the game easier on the quarterback by by calling shorter shorter plays, like getting the tight ends involved, dumping them off, playing with urgency, playing with pace. There's none of that in this offense, and if they're going to start winning the game here or there, then they need to do that. And because I don't see the, I don't see a consistent running game happening all season long. It's just not going to happen. There may be spurts where Keyshawn and I, and I don't blame the running backs. I want to be clear on that, and and I don't blame completely the offensive line. I think there's there's issues with the scheme, the the calls, but this team's going to have to get it done through the air. And quite frankly, that's where they should be best at. And I won't go over again how I don't think Ryan Willis is very good. I don't know that our answer right now is any of these guys, but it is what you have. You need to make the best of it, and the coaches can help these guys. Well, let's say on defensive side of the ball, I had I've been I've been scratching my head, and people will see the more dense breakdown. But I'm seriously thinking about the fact that Foster is going to have to put in three linebackers that he needs to have Tisdale on the field. He cannot afford not to have Tisdale on the field. And honestly, he can't afford not to have Dax on the field, even though Dax has not been sterling in the outside linebacker position. Dax is a natural Mike. So fine. There's no rules that say you can't have two middle linebackers up on the deep end. The old 5-4 had two middle linebackers ready to alternate to fill gaps. Let's Let's make up for the lack of size in the defensive line and use three linebackers, put Tisdale out at will slash whip and let Dax and Ashby do their thing on the inside as middle linebackers, both of them. Let them alternate, fill in holes, let them stunt, let them go back and forth. I think it's, I think that's hard to do. I I don't disagree with you. I think that's hard to do in today's game with the, with all the speed and the spread offense. It's hard to, I think as much as I love Dax, I think right now, I think he's a little bit of a liability against some of these teams. And I I think he needs to rotate with um, Ashby some at Mike and, and Tisdale needs to be on the field more. So right now there's so much wrong with this defense. There's nothing they can't try that wouldn't be better. So yeah. And um, the, the, the other thing that I brought up was back, let's go back to the offense. 
And I'm, I'm like, uh, okay, fine. Put in Hooker, put in Patterson, whoever's the healthiest, whatever reason, let Willis heal up or whatever. The 24-7 analysis basically said it tripped Willis's hand. If you hurry him, if you get his feet happy, if you get him worried about getting hit or sacked or whatever, it blows his first or the second read. If he can't get a good beat on it, he makes mistakes. And it, that's just the way it is. He, he can't get past the second read with the current offensive line situation, which means you can't use him as a pocket passer. You're going to have to roll him out. And if he's not comfortable rolling out, if he's not comfortable getting out of the pocket and maneuvering, you got two guys who are supposed to be really good at that, and that's Hooker and Patterson. The other thing about Hooker and Patterson is both of them are supposed to be able to run the read option, whereas Willis is just not running the read option, whether it's because he's been told not to run it, which it looks very much like he's been told to hand the ball off and not keep it. They don't want him hit. But if you're going to have a read option offense and you're going to run it as a read option offense, then for pity's sake, please put in – one of the two quarterbacks you have that are backing Willis up who are capable of running it. I, I want to see one of these guys in. I don't Hooker, Patterson, give them a chance. This season's going nowhere. We know it. Let's let's Hey, quickly. at least Frank, at least Frank put in Tyrod. Frank finally saw that Sean Glennon had concrete galoshes, to borrow a Scottyism from Star Trek. You know, it, it, Frank at least understood that he did not have the offensive line to keep Glennon upright. So he put in Tyrod and let Tyrod move around, and and that completely changed the entire equation. As we noted on the podcast the other day, these are two four-star quarterbacks Fuente brought here, both highly ranked kids. Patterson was an Elite 11 prospect. There's there's talent with these guys. He recruited them. They're his guys. Figure out if they're the guy for next year or Braxton Burmeister is. I mean – See what you have in these kids while there's live bullets going on. You, you, might, as, you might as well. It makes a big difference. You know, it makes a huge difference that, you know, they, they seem to have very different performance characteristics when they got the yellow shirt on versus when they've actually got people aiming at them. So, you know, and on the defense, like I said before, our defensive line is starting to get laughed at. And I'm serious when Miami is laughing at you when the Miami analysts are, are sort of snickering behind their hand at your defensive line, you're going to have to do something to help your defensive line because we get no pressure at all. Well, I've been going through the p- pictures, trying to put a picture set together that I feel like I can publish. And I'm seeing it time and time again, the defensive line stalls out right at the line of scrimmage. We get no pressure. We, we can, we can seal the line and stop most runs, but, but unless there's a blitz coming from somewhere, we aren't getting anywhere. Okay. Well, before we, we need to just focus on Miami a little bit before we actually wrap yeah, this thing go, up. Go ahead. Well, no, it's um as one, one vulnerability I see with this team is Jaron Williams. Jaron Williams, the last three games, he's completed over 71% of his passes the last three games. Again, the competition has not been, been stiff, but he has seven touchdowns to no interceptions. That's, that's impressive no matter who you're going against. And also, but Something here to watch. He's been sacked 18 times in four games. And, of course, 10 of those sacks came in the opener against Florida, who always have a good defensive line. But that, that's something worth watching. Could could this get our pass rush going if we're facing a team with um, – because, you know, these these mobile guys tend, sometimes tend to get sacked a little more often because they're moving around, look waiting for a play to happen. 
So, and maybe that's a maybe this will get Garbett and Adams and Belmar, these guys, and get some pressure on Miami's quarterbacks. That's something to watch. I think that's a potential area to exploit. And also, Miami actually has a decent defense to rank 13th in the nation in total defense, allowing just 269 yards per game, 4.4 yards per play. So it's not going to be easy. It's on, it's on the road, and it's a far cry from the years where we dominated the Hurricanes, and it's a far cry yeah, from but where they you, dominated us before. I mean, it's been back and forth. It's, but, it's, yeah. it's a far cry from where these games mattered because these games yeah. been since the ACC, even in the, when it was the old Big East in the early days of the ACC. These are always the most fun games, more than more than UVA. The Virginia Tech, Miami, they were the most fun games of the season, the ones you look forward to. Truly a measuring stick for, for the Hokies, and it's quite a bit different now. Yeah. The, like, you know, the last thing is, you know, you bring up the, the fact that they've got a good defense. Well, guess what? They're going to know all about Willis, and they're going to adjust for it. They're going to know all about our lame inside run, and they're going to adjust for that. So, Shut down the Jets. Knock it off. Everybody's doped out the Jet sweeps. You're wasting time, effort, and the Jet sweep to James Mitchell. It was the identical exact same Jet sweep that they ran in the first game. Uh, it was completely doped out, completely stopped, and it just and it went to the short side of the field, which meant nobody could take advantage of any speed or anything else. It was disaster. Predictably, what do, you, what do you think the line is on this game, John? Do you, have you seen? Have you a chance to see it the line? It keeps moving. It, it keeps moving. Right now, it's fourteen. Fourteen. Yep. Yeah. The over under. The over under was forty eight. Yeah. No. Um. Well, uh, let's go ahead and knock our predictions out. I'll go first, and uh, and I'm going to tell you now. Uh, I'm tired of being burned by the Hokies, and not only am I tired of being burned by them, I don't think they're very good, obviously. But I'm going Miami thirty one, mm-hmm. Virginia Tech fourteen. Man, you're 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 thinking about what I'm thinking. I was thinking more along the lines of like Miami thirty and Tech maybe thirteen. I I, I really think that is is bummed out as Miami is this year. Tech is way worse. I agree. And yeah, I'm kind of tired of getting burned. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been I've been hoping. I've been putting out predictions, hoping even against my better judgment. It, you know. I was hoping that Duke would like fire. And like I said, we called tight games and we didn't anticipate having the offense completely no, it's, it's, uh, shut down. Yeah, it's a very difficult time for everybody right now. And unfortunately, I don't see it getting better. I, I think we'll do it, I guess, later. But I, I think at some point we'll sneak up and surprise somebody and win a game or two that nobody really believes. But right now, tough times right now. We We do have an, we do have an opportunity to win this game just because of that because I've seen flashes of, of really good play, but it's only been flashes. And when you've only got flashes and there's not the consistent play calling and there's not the consistent execution, this is the kind of thing you're going to have. So let's uh, take it out for the week. Uh, this is the dual combined predictions and uh, what's going on with Miami. Please jump in, take a look at it. We're both posting articles tonight for detail on this stuff. Please take a read. Don't abandon Gobbler Country. This is your place to talk to us, to talk to Hokie Nation. Yes, we like to keep it civil. We like to keep it clean. We like to keep it focused on reality and not fantasy. But we also really want to see our Hokies winning again. Yeah, but you're, and it's also your place to come and 
complain and complain some more because hey we're we're in it with we're you. We're feeling so. it. We're feeling your pain. Yep, that's absolutely right. So until next time, which will be sometime after the weekend where the Hokies win or lose, hopefully win, we'll be back with you. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. <laughs>